your hands together and thank God for, for a great day. This is indeed the day that the Lord has made. You may be seated and I shall rejoice and be glad in it. Now who's operating that clock on that? I've been waiting all week to get here. Now I look at the clock. Doggone thing already ticking now. I think y'all trying to set me up. You know, I'm from Alabama. It took me a while to get here. So I see two clocks. I just add the two numbers together. <laughs> to my brother and father in ministry and mentor. Come on, let's celebrate God for the one and only, the Reverend Dr. Bishop Benjamin K. Watts. Yeah. And as you stand, celebrate God for Lady Watts. Amen for her generosity, for her ministry. Well, I could, I will not tell you how your pastor has prayed for me and has given me advice through the years. If I had been in his shoes then, I think I would have just quit. Stallworth, just don't call me anymore. I don't think I have made a major decision in my life and I'm not called him first. Not whether I listened or not. That was, that was different, but indeed in 37 years. That's a long time to do anything. 37 years in ministry. And I celebrate God uh, for him and for his leadership and the commitment to the to the gospel and to the ministry and the major investments that Bishop has made in my life. Doc, I love you and I thank you, God, so much uh, for you. Brother Abin drove me this morning. Brother Abin, just wave your hand. Brother Abin, he's so kind and, and generous. And I wanted to just get in the car and go to sleep but I couldn't because Alvin drives with the language of the Bible. The quick and the dead. So I decided. <laughs> if something comes my way, I want to see it coming. I don't know. If I wake up and see grandma, I'm going to think something wrong. I want to see. And so I want to thank him and his biblical driving to get me here on time. And to this music ministry, my dear sister, God bless you, girl. To this entire music ministry, to, to the leadership of this church, okay? I thought if I kept talking, you'd stop the clock, but you're not. So let me just say one more thing. One, one more thing. You know, I'm a black man in America, so I get sensitive real fast. So let me just, 
let me just say one more thing. It's a delight. I was, I was watching all the folk y'all baptized. Everybody, I mean, everybody in New London in the area must be saved because y'all, y'all stayed in the water so long I got wrinkled. I said, well, they, uh, <laughs> uh, they they doing this thing tonight. They doing this. All right, so if I haven't offended anybody by yet, let's turn to the word of God. Numbers chapter 11, and it was read. Janetta, where's, where's, she, she hates when I just mess up her name. Then, where, where, where are you? She's a junior church. All right, well, tell I talked about it. She, I don't believe when you talk about folk, you need to let them know you're talking about them. Numbers chapter 11, verses 10 through 15, then verse 23. From the New International Version, it reads, Moses heard the people of every family dwelling at the entrance of their tents. The Lord became exceedingly angry, and Moses was troubled. He asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to the ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep welling on me. Give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. If this is how you are going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. If I have found favor in your eyes, then do not let me face my own wrath. And then verse 23, the Lord answered Moses, is the Lord's arm too short? Now you will see whether or not what I say will come true for you. God, we thank you, we bless you, we praise you, we glorify your name. Give us strength, give us clarity. Speak to us in our collective spaces, in our individual spaces. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of Y'all got this thing going on. Y'all even got the remarks up on the wall. I thought it was my script. I was about to say amen, but I figured that ain't how I started my sermon, but okay. I want to tag this text in the 20 minutes and 57 seconds I have left. to tag this text at the quitting, at the quitting point, at the quitting point. Sometimes you just feel like you want to quit. I think, I think, no, I believe Moses is upset. I believe he's a little past being frustrated, agitated, discouraged, discontented, and downright ready to explode. I believe Moses at the point that where not only has the straw landed, 
but it has broken the camel's back. All of his patience is gone. His long suffering has worn thin. His understanding is displaced. All of his passes to give out as excuses have been given out. Out, done, finished are now his only possible and plausible strategies. Have you ever been in that spot? Have you ever been at that spot where you say, I'm fed up. Enough is enough. All of us can get to that level and there is where Moses finds himself. Now Moses was a little upset when, when he found out he had no option but to lead the people. He was a little upset then. He was a little upset when God did not approve his leave of absence. He was a little upset when God would tell him to do something that Pharaoh was supposed to obey. But then after he told him Pharaoh didn't obey, he was a little upset then. Moses has been through some moments when sweat broke out on his forehead, his palms became sweaty, his mouth became dry, and moments when he said, I can't do this. But this moment is different. This is another level of frustration. This is, this is resonation. This is, this is walking out. This is announcing the benediction in the middle of the program. There have been moments in which Moses has vented to the people. He's not been shy about his ability to let the people know, y'all have gotten on my last nerve. But my friends, this is different. In, in this text, Moses vents his frustration toward God in language that is unambiguous and very, very, very clear. Now, now I'm one, as I am, I'm one who believes that you should be honest in your conversation with God. Yeah, yeah, you can share with God the realness of who you are. I, I, I believe you can go to God and say, God, I'm not a non-tither, I'm a thief. I think you can be real. I think you ought to be able to go to God and say, God, I don't misappropriate the truth, I lie. I think you ought to be I think you ought to be real with God. I think it's okay to go to God and say, God, I don't tip. I'm just, a, well, I can't say that. I'm shallow. I thought I was at East End just for a minute. But, but I think you ought to be real when you pray. However, I do believe it might be smart to choose your words wisely. But Moses is at the point when he has thrown everything to the wind. He's not concerned about who's listening. He's not concerned about who will repeat what he's saying. He's just letting it all hang out. Now get this, Moses goes to God and listen to what Moses says. But wait, before I tell you, before I tell you, before I tell you what he says to God, I need to kind of tell you something else that's going on in the text. Because verse 10 says, Moses heard the people of every family welling at the entrance of their tents. The Lord became exceedingly angry. Moses was troubled. Moses is troubled and God 
is exceedingly angry. Just for the record, when someone is angry and that someone has authority over you, that might not be the time to go to that person and share your frustration. Come here, come here, come closer. Let me see if I can make it live. Let me see if I can make it live. Come here, come here, come here. So, so I'm one, I'm one, I'm one of uh, seven children. I'm the baby of the family. My mother, my mother, my mother, my mother gave birth to seven children. My father, we'll be talking about that later. But anyway, my mother gave birth to seven children. I'm one, I'm one. Y'all come on, come on back now. Come on, come on back. I'm, I'm, I'm one of seven, and 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 uh, uh, we didn't, we didn't grow up. Uh, Poor, we just grew up with great discretion. And so anytime, 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 uh, uh, anytime my other brothers and sisters would want a slice of cake, they would put me up because I was the baby of the family. And they would tell you, you go ask mama for a slice of cake because she ain't gonna turn the baby of the family down. So I would prance my little self in there and 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 knock on that curtain because we didn't have a door, we had a curtain, y'all. Help me somebody. I would knock on that curtain and it would make that sound in the wind. And mama said, come in. And I would walk in and look in mama's face and just turn right around and, and walk on back out and tell my brothers and, and my sister, mama said, we ain't gonna have no cake today. She didn't have to say it, but the expression on her face said to me, now ain't the time. This is not the time you come ask me for cake. This is not the time you interrupt me. This is not the time. Moses upset, but God is also angry. But Moses doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't care. You got me in this, we in this together. So just because this is a day when you ticked off, I'm not going to hold back. So Moses in 11, verse 11 through 15, asked the Lord, why have you brought this trouble on your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arm? This is some bad stuff, y'all. And as a nurse carries an end to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors, where can I get meat for all these people? They keep welling to me. Give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. Oh, my, 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 my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need a DNA. I know this is a brother right here. He says, listen, if this is how you go treat me, big dude, fella, whoever you want to call, but this is how you going to treat me. Listen, give me the benediction. Cut me out. Count me out. Enough is enough. If this is how you going to treat me, like Denzel in that movie, you gonna treat me like this? This is how you gonna treat me? If this is how you gonna treat me? I believe Moses is upset. I don't just, me just don't, me just don't think it. Me, me believe it. I, I believe Moses is upset. Moses is at the point of quitting, throwing in the towel, walking away, saying enough is enough, even if he has to do it through the door of death. Moses says, if this is how you're going to treat me, boom, out of here. Has God 
call you to something great? Has God called you to perform a major task in life? Has God given you the gift of life? Has God assigned a task to your hands? Has God called you to do something, but the people are not acting right? Or at least they're not acting the way you want them to act. And you have become fed up. You've already said to yourself, when I leave church today, I ain't even coming straight back home. <laughs> Gonna get me some Popeyes and eat it in the car, you ungrateful. <laughs> there comes a time in life for many of us, when you just want to quit, when the baker says, I'm not going to bake another loaf of bread, the professor says, I don't want to prepare another lecture, the musician says, I don't want to teach another song, the teacher says, I don't want to go to another classroom, the administrator says, I don't want to prepare another training, the physician says, I don't want to see another patient, the deacon says, I don't want to pray another prayer, and the preacher says, I don't want to preach another sermon, and Moses says, I don't want to lead another people to the promised land, not even back to Egypt. We all get to that moment when we say thank you for the opportunity, but you can have it back. Oh, Lord, I need to tell you this. I'm taking too much time. Now, see if I can make it live. See if I, see if I can make it live. When I was in, <laughs> when I was in uh, high school, I went out for the football team. Yeah. You, you wouldn't believe it now, but I was, I was skinny, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see what it happened was, but I was skinny back in the day. And they put me on defensive end. Whoo, yeah. And the coach stole no football. You know, you go straight, then you cut that straight angle. Don't slice or cut that straight angle and contain that back. Don't let that back out the backfield. And I had that thing down. I was, I was ready to go. And uh, defensive end, you got to go straight and make that angle. Don't slant. And if you do, they'll get around on the outside. And I, yeah, and I was, I was ready to go. And they snapped the ball on the offense. And I crossed that line and turned in like mean Joe Green. And I still remember his name because I still have an oath against him. But I remember his name. His name is Frank Rogers. I remember his name. Frank Rogers was playing running back. And Frank Rogers hit me right under my chin. I went up. My helmet flew off. And I, oh, God from Zion. And I, yeah, God from Zion. And I finally shook it off and got up found my helmet and start walking toward the locker room. And I, I could hear Coach Wiley saying, Stolen, get your butt back here. Get back here. Get, get back here. Ah, no, sir, you can have this helmet. You can have these shoulder pads. I've had enough. Enough is enough. You told me to go straight and slant. You ain't never told me, Frank Rogers, that somebody had told him to do something too. So I want to tell you how huh? you can have your helmet. You can have your shoulder pads. I even got some wristbands from basketball. You can have those two because I'm out of here. I 
That's what Moses is saying. You can have your staff that turns to a snake. You can have your history of frogs. You can have, I'm out of here. But you see, I got to go. I got to go. I got eight minutes and five seconds. I got to go. Got to go. Listen, real quick, real quick. Listen, you know what? Mo, mo, this, this thing is complicated. Like some of y'all be listing your relationships on, on social media. It's complicated. This, this thing here is complicated, you see. You see, you see, we know Moses upset. Yeah, Moses upset with the people. We know that he's upset concerning these people. We, 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 we know that he's, he's upset and with people because if you lead in people, oh, 37 years, I pray for you, great man, bro. Yeah. Woo, yeah, 37 years, 37 years. 37. So he's, he's upset with the people. Yeah, he's upset with the people, and he's upset with God. He's a little concerned about this God issue. Why is God, why is God acting like this as well? Not just upset with the people, but he's upset with with God because he's thinking, God, if you are in absolute control, you can change this stuff. I, I know it ain't perfect, but you can do something about this. But Moses is not just upset with people. Moses is not just upset with God. Moses is also upset with himself because what his anger reveals, what his trouble reveals is that Moses really needs to grow. Come on, put your hand on yourself. Come on, come on, be real anointed. Be real anointed. I'm consecrating all of y'all apostles. Come on, consecrate yourself and just put your hand on yourself and just like you've been proclaiming that Benz and that BMW, yeah, go ahead and proclaim to yourself, I need to grow. You see, maybe you can quit. That's always an option. You can give the church the hymn book back. You can always quit. But maybe the next step is not quitting. Maybe the next step is growing. So don't get out the choir, just grow up. Don't stop coming to church, just grow up. Oh, I, it, well, all those amens I had up, come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't, 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 don't stop speaking to everybody, just grow up. Quitting could be an option, and you may have valid reasons to quit, to throw in the towel, but another option just might be. Come on, you can say it through the mass. Yeah, you speak in tongue loud and that through the mass, you can say it. Maybe I just need to grow up. Because in Moses growing up, he needs to recognize some things. I got five minutes and 30 seconds. Five minutes and 30 seconds. First of all, he, he needs to recognize and assume. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because see, I, I know Bishop. I know Bishop. Bishop, Bishop Stallworth, go ahead and preach. But, but he's going to call him on Monday and say, Stallworth, there's a clock. <laughs> you know you my son. I ain't trying to break your spirit. But, but there's a reason we got that clock. It ain't just decorative. It's informative. <laughs> Y'all know Bishop too, though. You know Bishop too, that you know. <laughs> so he needs he needs to grow up, and a couple of things he can do to grow up. Number one, number one, he needs to recognize he's not in charge. We should tell ourselves that we are not in charge. Now Moses is the liberator and the leader, but he's not in charge. Uh, we often quote 
that heavenly phrase, I'm the master of my fate, I'm the captain of my soul. That's true to a degree. But you ain't in charge. If you're in charge, leave here, grow six inches, and come back tomorrow. You know why you can't do it? You're not in charge. Neil deGrasse Tyson, atrophysicist, uh, uh, smart guy, says if you take a blade of grass and put it on a 100-yard football field, the thickness of that blade of grass will represent how long we've been around. I know you say, Reverend, that sounds like evolution can't get it in that. That's fine. I understand. I understand. I understand. Take this thing called Earth. You can take this Earth and put it inside the sun 1.3 million times. We share 99% the same DNA as a chimp. 80% of a dog, 40% of a banana. So, Pastor, why are you telling me this? I think you know. So, Mr. and Mrs. Banana, you really think? <laughs> what, what is it again you want to be in charge of? What, 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 what is it again that you want to rule? What, what, what is it again that you want to dominate? You got to understand that there's a greater power that's going on. There's somebody greater behind the curtain of time. There's somebody greater that's orchestrating your life. There's somebody greater who's ordering your footsteps. There's somebody greater, like Big Mama said, who rocks you to sleep at night, who keeps you when you cannot keep yourself, who's opening doors you cannot see, who's guiding your path when you don't know where you're going. Moses, you out here, but you ain't in charge. Woo! So Moses, let's get this straight. You are the mouthpiece. You, you got a message from a burning bush. You threw out the staff, it became a snake. Oh, you got this stuff together. But no, I ain't never asked you to conceive these people. I've never asked you to give them birth. And the reason I'm not done it is because you are not in charge. Long years ago, mama taught me this prayer. She had it next to the bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord. My, what mama was saying, something else is in charge. But second, I got 58 seconds. But second. Moses needs to recognize he's not in charge. They'll help him grow up. But second of all, he needs to recognize it is not his job to carry the burden alone. It's not his job. Moses, verse 12 says, why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land that you promised them? Moses, bro, <laughs> dude, <laughs> did God... <laughs> God be saying some stuff like metaphors and similes. Don't take it literally. 
You can nourish the people. You can be patient with the people. You can nourish your children. You can be patient with your children, but you can't carry some folk. If I may create a word, they are not carable. You see, once you take the burden on yourself, then you assume the responsibility of making things happen a certain way and making people respond a certain way. So if God says, I'm going to bless you with a home, but you go to the bank and the bank said, well, you ain't getting that loan. Yeah. The reason you want to cuss everybody out is because you have taken that burden and you have put it on yourself, on your own life. Listen to what God says. He says, Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand with you. I will come down and speak with you there and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and put it on them. They, they will share the burden of the people with you so that you do not have to share it alone. Moses, I got some help who's around. And many times the people God has placed in our lives to help us carry the burden, we don't share it with them so they can help us carry the burden. Listen, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. There's, there's a line I've been hearing. It sounds so cute. It sounds so pretty. You sound so sanctified when you say it, especially if you jerk when you say it. You just sound, you just sound like you really got it together. But the more I examine the line, I don't know if it's true, but that ain't my argument today. But I hear people always saying, God won't put more on you than that sounds so cute, that sounds so pretty, so nice, so churchy-like, right? You probably learned that in, in, in Baptist nurture or something, I don't know. Sounds so cute and nice, does, but scripture does say that God will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able to escape and endure, right? Right, right, right? But a more theological term or statement is not God won't put more on you than you can bear, but God won't put more on you than God can bear, because the truth of the matter is that God has not called us to bear the burden alone, but God has called us to bear our part. Let other people bear their part. Then God has a part. But finally, my time is up. I'm going to owe you eight minutes when I finish. And if you let me pay it back 30 seconds at a time, I got, I'll get you covered next year. But Moses needs to understand, yeah, that he's not in charge. He's understanding he can't carry the burden alone. But the third one, Bishop, not too theological in nature. But Moses needs to recognize his obligation to tag out tag out. Uh, let me see if I can make it live. My, my father was a fan of the evening news. When the news came on, you couldn't talk in the house.
He was 10 shades darker than me. Don't you say it. I will come to your house. I'll come to your house and yank you out like a mosquito. Listen. But my mother was a fan of wrestling. I don't know y'all see it up north, but wrestling, my mama, my mama was a fan of wrestling. Wrestling, that's how we say it in the South. My mama was a fan of wrestling. She watched it every Saturday night at 10 o'clock. Bishop knows she loved the Lord. Thought she could cook, she could, that's all right, that's between us, but, but she, she, she loved the Lord and she'll be singing, he's so sweet. I know, and there's a leak in this hole, but that clock will strike 10. Shut up! Wrestling is on. And this was back in the day when there was Cowboy Bob Kelly and Ken Lucas and Pretty Boy Dusty Rose and Andre the Giant and the Wild Samoans and, and the Sheik. Now, whether it's real or not, I don't know. My mama was watching it. Whether it's real, I don't know. But at the, the last fight of the night would always be a tag team match. It would always be a tag team match. It would always be a tag team match. And in the tag team, it would be you know, so dramatic. And, and one team member would be in there fighting. Y'all, y'all, I know y'all had the door closed, but y'all been watching it. I know, I know. Come on, come on, walk with me. And one would be in there fighting and, and would get worn down and, and, and the objective was to get back to the corner and tag out. As a matter of fact, it would be so dramatic that they would be like, like they can't even make it to the corner. And, and then they finally get to the corner and leap and tag out. Verse 23, the Lord answers Moses, it's the Lord's arm too short. What he's willing to tell Moses, you got to be able to put this thing in my hands. You, you, I know you want to quit. I know you want to give up and you can't do that. But Moses, what I need you to do right now is tag out. Let me do what you cannot do. Whatever that's driving you crazy, you got to give it to me. That's why Psalm 55, verse 22 says, Catch your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. 1 Peter 5 and 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I'm out of here, but I looked at some lyrics of people who sang about this thing that you got to be able to tag out and put it in God's hands and not try to fix it yourself because you don't have the ability to fix it yourself. That's why the songwriter said all to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. That's why Brenda Waters said, I don't know how God is going to do it. I don't know when God is going to fix it. I only know that God is going to make a way for me. Kurt Carr saying, I almost let go. 
I felt like I couldn't take life anymore. My problems had me bound. Depression weighed me down. But God held me close so I wouldn't let go. Do I have a witness? But this is a song they sang in Alabama. <laughs> yes, Lord. They sang that problem that I had. I just couldn't seem to solve. I tried and I tried, but I kept getting deeper involved. So I turned it over to Jesus and stopped worrying about it, turning over to the Lord, and he wept it out. I'm out of here. My time is up, but you could quit. You may have a right to quit, but you can also grow up. And I'm a living witness. If you give it to the Lord, he will, he will, he will, he will work it out. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Tell somebody, I'm going to tag out. I'm done with it. I'm through with it. I'm putting it in God's hand to work it out, 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 to work it out. Can you say, yeah? Work it out. Can you say, yeah? Work it out. Can you say, yeah? Yeah. I'm out of here, but before I go, I need to see if I can get a witness who knows you can quit, you can throw in the towel, whether it's your job, whether it's divorce, whether it's ministry, you, you can quit, you really can, or you can say, God, is this an opportunity for me to grow? Yes! 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 Put your hands together. Bless God right now. Come on, come on, come on. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe there's somebody who heard this tremendous word and realized they need to have a relationship 
with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you that opportunity to say, God, I want you to come in my heart and bless me. Cause me to be what you want me to be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you're here in the sanctuary and you decide you want to be a partner in this ministry, just lift your hands or I shall come to you. If you're online, I want you just to call me or write me right now. You can get a hold of me right now. Get a hold of us and just say, I want to be a part of the Shiloh family. Phone number is there, 860-443-6046, extension 110. Hallelujah. I surrender Come on, let's worship the Lord.